When your friend who's suffering from the painful consequences of a sin comes to you and says he or she just simply can't forgive themselves, how would you help? Well, we'll take up that subject of uh, self-forgiveness here on Wisdom 828, where we're dedicated to stamping out spiritual malnutrition one episode at a time. Hi, I'm Bob Buchanan. Well, it's a popular idea today. I hear it often. After some dreadful failure, people might tell me that they just can't forgive themselves for some violation of conscience or violation of the gospel. And modern secular psychologies and counselors place a big emphasis on the importance of forgiving ourselves. Many Christian counselors will string together several Bible verses uh, to build a case to support the idea of self-forgiveness. But is that the proper interpretation of the verses, like Psalm 32, which says, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Or Ephesians 4.32, which says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Carefully looking at these scriptures reveals that the concept of self-forgiveness just isn't there, not even hinted at. So what we do find, however, is that God in Christ forgives us. That's a vertical dimension of our relationship. And we are exhorted to forgive others, and that's the horizontal dimension of our relationships. The Bible doesn't say anything about self-forgiveness. So when someone comes to you and says, I just can't forgive myself, your first thought should be whether the person has identified the real problem or become stuck in an unpleasant symptom of an as yet identified root. Let's say your friend Sarah comes to you with this kind of complaint. You're persuaded that self-forgiveness isn't a biblical prescription, so how can you help? Well, your friend doesn't need to stay stuck in uh, self-accusation, which we do need to remember is a real problem for many. The great thing about the Bible is that it speaks to our thoughts, our feelings, and our experiences, but gives us a healthier way of getting at and understanding our problems. And so you have to become a kind of doctor of the soul for your friend and ask some important diagnostic questions to, to get Sarah unstuck. Now here are a few ways to diagnose what's going on in the heart of your friend. First, your friend may be expressing an inability or maybe an unwillingness to receive God's forgiveness through Christ. Guilt that hangs on can be very depressing. Ask your friend if she has seen her sin as an offense against God. Perhaps her pained conscience hasn't dealt with the offense seriously. Ask Sarah to spend some time meditating on the scriptures that speak of God's holiness and his anger at sin, like Isaiah 6, 1 through 5. And then ask her to meditate on the scope and depth of his forgiving grace and power, like Philippians 3, 13 to 14. She'll become deeply grateful for the abundant forgiveness that God has for her. Next, it may be that your friend is venting her regrets at failing to achieve a certain cherished desire. Maybe Sarah let a great opportunity slip through her hands because of something that she did and, and she can't get over how or why she did that. Uh, we all have desires for good things, you know, to be married, to have our boss's approval, uh, to see a relative come to faith in Christ. Maybe your friend is embarrassed because 
he or she embarrassed a friend in public and hurt a cherished relationship. When our desires are blocked, often the result can be, if I had only done this or if I had only done that differently. Well, we should remind our friends that not everything that we want is in our control to obtain. There are thousands of things going on in the circumstances surrounding our plans. And we are assured in scripture that while it's the right thing to make plans, God has purposes in our plans that may change the outcome to something that we need more than something that we want. In this case, frustrations are a matter of discovering the problems of the heart. Now on the positive side, the frustrations are God's invitation to trust in his sovereign grace for more or other solutions. Finally, Sarah may be trying to establish her own standard of righteousness. She may have failed to perform according to her own high standards or somebody else's high expectations. This is often the case with achievers, high achievers, who have determination and want to accomplish great things. The downside is that this person has erected in his or her own mind a law or fearfully embraced someone else's standards. Maybe Sarah can't forgive herself because she failed at a job assignment, making several mistakes during the project. Well, she may have erected an unbiblical standard uh, to be the perfect employee. Sarah needs to remember that there's ever only been one perfect person and to let his grace ease her distorted conscience. You see, we make terrible judges, even of ourselves. When we fail, we quickly convene the court, we prosecute the case, and we render the guilty verdict against ourselves. No wonder we think it's up to us to pronounce self-forgiveness. It is God who is the perfect judge and an effective forgiver. But more than that, he is our penalty bearer. Christ's forgiveness is much more powerful than any forgiveness that we might declare upon ourselves. And so we must help our friends, like Sarah, see that she has mislabeled the problem and how the Bible provides the only accurate, helpful diagnosis and solution. The blood of Jesus cleanses her from all unrighteousness. In, places, uh, in, pla in place of endless self-accusation, God showers abundant forgiveness on her. His promises of daily grace come down on her like an unending waterfall. Remind your friends that God declares their sins removed as far as the east is from the west. Though they may be scarlet, he makes them white as snow. God throws her sins behind her and blots out her transgressions. God throws her sins into the sea of forgetfulness and he posts a sign that says no fishing. Remind Sarah that she doesn't need to play God. She needs to see Christ as her savior who, who never played around with her sin, but paid the price for it. She's forgiven by the most forgiving person who ever lived. Well, that's all the time we have today. Thanks for joining me and thanks to Steve Dine behind the camera for helping to make Wisdom 828 stamp out spiritual malnutrition one episode at a time. You be of good cheer.